Hello and welcome to the Faith and Family Matters podcast, where we talk about issues that strengthen our faith and build stronger family connections. Please join us for today's podcast with our host, William Hemphill II, Pastoral Counselor. Hello, this is William Hemphill, Pastoral Counselor, and today I just want to share from my heart a little bit about some of my personal experiences and struggle. The title of this message is When Coronavirus Hits Home. When Coronavirus Hits Home. Early this morning, I received a text from one of my family members. I was informed that another family member who was in a nursing facility had to be taken to a hospital with a fever. Upon later discovery after he was checked out by the staff, I found out that this family member had COVID-19 or the coronavirus. Now, he is the second family member that I know of during this pandemic who's had the virus, who's actually been diagnosed with COVID-19. I say that because there are a couple others who feel like they might have had it, but their symptoms were mild and they were strong enough and recovered fairly quickly. Now, this person or this family member I was a little more concerned about, well, I was concerned about both of them. I was concerned because the circumstances involved with this family member. So I want to take a couple minutes and just share some of my thoughts or some of the things that went through my mind, hopefully so it can help all of us in dealing with with this virus during the time and season, and if nothing else, to help normalize what might be going on with us. So the first thought that came to mind was helplessness. Helplessness was the first thing that came to my mind. Helplessness in dealing with family and the virus. As a pastor and a chaplain and a pastoral counselor, When something happens, I am used to being able to go to the hospital. I, like many other family members, wanted to check in and see how our loved one was doing. But we couldn't. We were unable to do this because of the isolation procedures and the virus. They weren't letting anybody in the hospital. His mother can't visit. His daughter can't visit. His brother can't visit. No one can come and visit him during this time. So in many ways, he's in total isolation, which absolutely sucks. And those of us who care can't go in. 
And so it leaves in many ways a feeling of helplessness or a sense of powerlessness that you can't even go in and be present. So that was the first thing that came to mind was the helplessness of being able to even be with family during the virus. The second thing, and I'll say this, this is a point of honesty for me, is the fear that showed up in dealing with the virus. I say it's a point of honesty because I am a pastor, I'm a pastoral counselor, I'm a chaplain. And so it might shock some people that I think this way, but I will go ahead and share about it. So the second thought that showed up after helplessness was fear or anxiety. In both cases, when I heard about my family members having the virus, I was sitting there thinking, are my family members going to pass away from this? Are they going to die? Will I ever see them on this side anymore? Now, the good news is my first family member, he's alive, he's well, he is back at work. He had to deal with his isolation procedures for a number of days. I remember talking with him on the phone and he went on the phone and he was talking about how it was pure hell dealing with the virus, but he recovered. Now, what also had me so nervous in this case is that this person has a set of pre-existing conditions. In other words, my family member that was diagnosed this morning, he has a set of pre-existing conditions that do not work well with this virus. And so it does have me a little more worried. I imagine that the thoughts I'm having are some of the thoughts that people have when they were diagnosed with HIV in the 80s or when someone hears the word cancer from a doctor. Another way of saying it is that mortality comes into full focus. Will I live? So in the past month, I have asked myself this question concerning two relatives. Will they live? And just being honest, even as a pastor and as a chaplain and as a person who has faith, I will admit it is a little scary. Now, why am I saying this? I think it's important to express it so that people can understand it's not about not having faith. It's just about being honest in the moment and understanding our thought processes. And so my thought process when I heard is, will my family members live? And so that was the second thing I had to deal with, the anxiety with that question. Number three, I would say is this, the calling of God in faith concerning the virus. One of the things that I know that happens with me when I do get fearful is I try and call on my faith in God. Faith in the Lord Almighty. Faith in understanding that God can do what I cannot do. 
After all, the Lord is Lord over life and death. The Lord can be present when I can't, which simply means when I can't go to a hospital and see a loved one, it does not mean that they're alone, but God is there with them. And I like to say God knows exactly what help is needed much more than I do. So in my helplessness and in my fears, I began to pray. I asked the Lord to touch my family member. I asked the Lord to be with all of our family during this time. I asked the Lord to bring healing. I asked the Lord to guide the medical professionals and to move by God's spirit so there can be peace in the situation. I called upon faith because that's all I could do. And to be honest, and to say the truth of the matter, that's really the first thing I should do anyway. The first thing we should do anyway is to call upon God and call upon God in faith, trusting that God, trusting that the Lord will be with our loved ones during this time and during this season. Number four, this is the fourth thought that came to mind as I was processing the news this morning about when COVID hits home in the life of my family, is how could I help others or care for others during this time? It's just a natural part of me. One of the challenges I have is in caring for others. I told my wife about the news, about our family member, and she was shocked. She had to speak to others, and they were shocked at what was going on. So there was this navigating in our family in a place that we do not know how to navigate. And one of my challenges is that although I couldn't help him in the moment, how could I assist my spouse? How could I support her? Even when she doesn't know that she may need some help. Now that's important. I've been married 20 plus years. And so I know a little bit about my wife and she knows a little bit about me. One of the things about my wife is I like to say she is viewed as one of the strong ones in the family. And I know from experience that it's the strong ones that we have to watch out for. The strong ones are the ones that everybody calls on for support. And what happens is because they are called on for support, they often don't get a chance to process or deal with their own feelings because they are too busy dealing with the feelings and concerns of others. So the strong one can't cry because baby Mary is crying all over the place. You've seen it at funerals. Someone is boo-hooing, crying, yelling, and doing this, and then the older sister and older brother is just holding them up. Never mind they're both experiencing grief, but the older one can't experience grief because they have to be the strong one at this time, this strong one. The strong one can't get angry and cuss 
because Johnny is too busy mad and trying to fight everybody. So the strong one is doing whatever he can do or whatever she can do to calm Johnny down in the moment. The strong one can't sit in the room and be sad because they're too busy trying to get Susie out of the room of sadness. Does this make a little bit of sense? That's why one of the things I've often done as a chaplain and as a pastor is I look out for the strong ones or what we like to call the strong ones and I check in on them because in many instances, they are carrying the load for the family. They are providing stability for the family. And if we're not careful, they don't ever get a chance to emote, to grieve, to cry, to experience anger, sadness, or do whatever else that we all as human beings need. So that was the fourth thing that came to mind, especially when I was talking or thinking about my spouse and some others, how to care for the strong ones, the ones carrying the load. And then the fifth thought is this, and for me, and this is important, how do I care for myself when COVID has hit my home and my family? How do I care for myself? Because I am also a caregiver. I am a pastor. I am a counselor. I am a chaplain. I am a family member. I am a father. I have relatives with the virus. I have church members who have been ill during this time and season. I have clients who are struggling with their mental and emotional and spiritual health during this time. As a father, I have to check on my grown children and be sure that they are safe. Sometimes I have to do things like make sure they have food, make sure they have supplies, and do whatever they need. In other words, there's a lot of caring going on in this time and season. I am giving a lot of that caring. But that early morning text did remind me of something else. I need to check in with myself. What do I do to care for myself? Well, for me today, it was watching some old music and dancing to the time on the Prince replay. It was taking a walk and exercising and praying. And also for me today, it was this, avoiding the news because I really just didn't want to hear it anymore. I didn't want to hear the news because I had already been frustrated. Frustrated that we as a people and as a country had not done more. Frustrated that there are people protesting about going back to work, not realizing that exposure to this virus is killing people. And I was frustrated that at times it seems like we don't care 
for our brothers and sisters across the world, in our neighborhoods, or wherever they may be, who are battling this virus. In other words, I've been hurt because it looks like we don't show empathy and love for one another. So when I heard the news this morning and began to process it, I had to finally say, Will, how do you care for yourself? So I took a walk and listened to some music that I listened to growing up in order to have a good time. So these are just some of my personal thoughts. When the coronavirus hits home, I'm blessed that it's not in my house, but it is in my family. And I imagine it is in many of our families all across the world. I would imagine everybody probably knows somebody who's dealing with this at this point. And if we don't, we will know somebody soon. So I just wanted to share some of my thoughts and my experiences today, hoping that it can help all of us deal with the emotions and deal with the challenges as we continue to walk through this pandemic. As I do get ready to close my thoughts today, two things I want to leave with us. Number one, recognize that we are human. What do I mean by that? If there are times when we're dealing with a little bit of sadness, some anger, some hurt, we're a little short with people, shorter than we normally are. Understand that underneath all of us right now is a level of stress that we hadn't dealt with in a long time in dealing with this pandemic of the virus. I'm reminded of some teaching I learned when I was in my mental health school and counseling when I was learning about mental health counseling. If this is the level that we can normally handle stress and our problems are like this, we're pretty good. If the problems get to like this, we might be able to handle it for a season. But if it stays too long, we have overreached our capacity and we begin to break down. So what I mean by that is with the pandemic already raising our stress levels close to our breaking point or maybe over it, understand that we'll have a little less patience and we'll be challenged a little more. So that's the first thing. So recognize that we are human and give ourselves grace. The second thing I would like to say with this. How can we love one another during this time? I've said it many times with my church. I've said it many times with clients. We're all in this together. Every single last one of us. And it's going to take every single last one of us in order for us to survive. So what loving action can I do every day 
to help somebody else live a little longer. It might be sending a text to a loved one. It might be getting on a Zoom call and expressing love and encouraging one another. It might be bringing some food to a neighbor who's elderly and can't get out. It might be making a phone call. It might be like some of our musicians are just getting on Instagram and different things and throwing concerts from their home. Whatever it is, I believe all of us can exhibit a loving action towards someone else. Let's see how we can do that each and every day because I believe it will make us stronger and help us to survive this. So this is William Hemphill, pastoral counselor, thanking you for taking the time to listen to me today. And I hope this blesses you as we continue to walk through this together. Take care and have a wonderful evening. This is William Hemphill, pastoral counselor, and I thank you for listening to today's podcast. Just wanted to share a brief announcement with you. If you live in the state of Georgia, I am offering individual, couples, and family counseling via phone or video, also known as telemental health. Again, if you're in the state of Georgia, I now offer counseling via phone or video for individuals, couples, and families. Please go to my website, www com. That's www.williamhemphill.com. There you will see a banner that drops down on the front page. My email address and my contact number is located. There's also a button that you can press where you can request an appointment with me. Again, that website is www com. You can also go to www.fefeonline.org. Thank you so much and take care. Have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. We hope that the show has been a blessing to you. If you would like more information on personal counseling, couples counseling, adoptive family counseling, or other products and services, please go to ffeonline.org. For questions about the show, please email us at faithandfamilymatterspodcast at gmail.com. 